Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Gene Hammett. He works with companies to discover new strategies for growth. From small businesses to large corporations, he presents his ideas on becoming not a choice, but the choice, and unleashing the entrepreneurial spirit by activating internal brand ambassadors for those companies. His podcast, Leaders in the Trenches, has been recognized by both Inc. and Entrepreneur for insight on marketing and sales leadership. Gene is also the author of The Trap of Success, a brutally candid guide to overcoming your fears, finding significance, and achieving profound success. He's a regular contributor to Entrepreneur, and he's been featured in Forbes, Success, Business Insider, and Inc. So welcome, Gene. Good to be here. Great. Well, it's so wonderful to have you here. So tell me something. Most of us are happy just to be chosen, to be a choice. Why is it so important to be the choice? You know, I think we're all feeling it in, in some way or the other. Uh, uh, there's a lot of noise in the marketplace. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it, it matters what industry you're in. There's, there's noise. And if you just look at inboxes, lo, um, open rates are, are going down. Um, not that email's dead or anything like that, but people are just filtering out what is important to them and what is of value and entertaining even. And um, if you're not doing that, you're going to miss out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I say it in my book about marketing above the noise. It's like we're in a crowded room and everybody's shouting at once. So, so what you're saying is we have to really position ourselves to stand out. Well, I think that you want to stand out. Um, this goes way back. I, I ran a, uh, an e-commerce business for nine years. We did over $30 million in sales. And each year, I invested money with companies. Makes sense, right? Marketing mm-hmm. companies, tech companies. Um, before conversion rate optimization, I was trying to hire people to help with my conversion because I, I ran an e-commerce business. Right. Well, I spent over a million dollars, and that's kind of an estimate. I don't, I don't know exactly what the number was, but I spent a lot of money. And most of the time, I wasn't really getting the results that I was promised. And that's really tough as a business owner because it, it, you know, that money could have been going to the bottom line as opposed to wasting it on some other, other place. And, and that's, a, that's a really big number, right? Right, and, sure. And I, I look at other businesses out there. We spend money all the time, and if we are working with people who aren't really good, like stinking good at what they do, like they have a, a clear promise, that's the reason we buy it, whatever that service is, and they actually deliver on that promise, then we are um, we're just wasting money if, if we don't have that. But when you are the company and you do rise to the top, you are the choice, and you have positioned yourself to get phenomenal results, then not only are you getting results for clients, but you owe it to the marketplace to be really good at marketing so that others aren't wasting money. Wow. I, I want you to repeat that again because I think that's really important, and I don't hear that very often. I think what I just heard you say is not only is it good for you because you're not wasting money, but you owe 
you owe it to your clients. You owe it to your potential customers to help them not waste money on choices that aren't as good as you. Absolutely. Like I, I just left a client meeting a few minutes ago, and he very different kind of business than what I normally work with, but he is really good. He is he literally is like we're the Cadillac of the industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't you owe it to the people in the marketplace to let people know that you are the Cadillac, not only in the product but the service that you offer and how that translates into long-term value for them? He's like, absolutely. And I'm like, well, let's get out there and let's figure out a way to get in more conversations and let people know that. And, um, and that's where everyone is. We have to we, – we owe it to the market to be really good because the best company doesn't necessarily get the business. Right. The best marketing company gets the business. The best marketing company. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not always the best product. Yep. Absolutely. So I, I'm on a – kind of my movement around this Be the Choice is it's both. I want you to be the best product or service, but I also want you to take your marketing up to a level – where people see you as the choice, uh, and I got six kind of core principles that kind of wrap around that, that that we could go into if you want to talk about. Absolutely, yes. Tell me about what those six are. So it really started when, you know, in order for us to make decisions, this word resonate comes up a lot. Right. Right? When we resonate with someone, when you hear a great speaker on stage, have you ever felt yourself leaning into that speaker going, oh, my God, this story is amazing? Right. You ever been there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you certainly feel it when you go to a concert. You hear the music, and maybe it's a maybe it's the song you've heard before. You grows up grows up from childhood. It gets inside your bone and soul. soul. Um, that's about resonating. But resonate is is hard to do. So I've kind of looked beyond that and said, well, well, where does it come from? Well, it's to emotionally connect. Yep. Emotion. Every we talk about emotions to to buy and and then logic to 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 really make that decision, mm-hmm. but it really comes trust, which is all emotion. And right. to connect about a belonging, a sense of belonging. So those are the kind of the core cornerstones of to be the choice. You've got to emotionally connect to be that, that brand. Um, so you got to understand that very first. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And the way you get there, and I've just literally peeled back the layers of, Watching my clients, watching my own businesses, multiple businesses over the years, watching my business right now as a speaker and as a writer and as a a strategic uh, coach to really help businesses understand the six core principles. The first three, we hear all the time. And so I'll kind of just like briefly give you those. Okay. I'll go deep with the other three. So the, the first three are audience, story, and helpful. Okay. In marketing, if you don't know your audience, everything else is kind of moot, right? Absolutely. Yeah, how do you even know where to go if you don't know who you're talking to? Absolutely. You don't know the pain, you don't know the desires, you don't know the language. There's no way you can emotionally connect when you don't know the audience, first and foremost. But but that's so overdone that a lot of people don't – they begin to gloss over it, and I'm not trying to gloss over it. I'm just like that's a core foundation that a lot of people talk about, and we should already know this, but that's, that's really important. The second element to that is story. We, talk, we hear about story all the time, like what's the story of the business? What's the, what's the genesis of what you're doing and how you came up with this? I told stories to connect with, with the audience in the beginning about my, my business, and you know, story is a very powerful way to share, and, and this could be right. case study stories of, of 
successes. It could yep. be stories of failure. It could be stories of that really connect the audience to you. Stories, one of the best things about stories is it's not about um, being understood. It's about them feeling like you understand them. Yep. Right? Absolutely, and we put yeah. And then the third piece is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, in now, I, you know, I don't think it's overused, but I think people don't understand that content is meant to be helpful. Right. Or valuable. And we create content because people are searching brands and services. We're going to YouTube. We're, we're, we're looking at how-to videos all the time. And we do this probably without even thinking about it. I mean, my 10-year-old Googles up, you know, something or goes to YouTube and says, how do you do this? Right. And so those three things are the core elements to this. But I think there's three that, that most people just aren't paying attention if you really want to be the choice. Okay. What are those three? So the first one of that is deep. When I think about shallow versus deep, there's a lot of shallow content out there, right? There's, yep. there's 500-word blogs, there's 600-word blogs and 1,000 words, and that's great. And, and sometimes you just want to sit down and read something very quick and, and, and get it in there. But there's a, there's a big trend with blogs and SEO and whatnot that the longer uh, epic cornerstone kind of content is doing better in searches. Mm-hmm. But not only that is when you have gone beyond the surface level and actually uncovered something that other people don't know about, you've actually got depth around it and perspective. Um, mm-hmm. People look at you with more, more um, interest. Right. One, one example, I've, and I've done this for years and years and years, but one example just earlier this year, I interviewed 59 meeting planners about why they select the speakers they do for their stages and conferences. Now, I know that 59 is a lot. I wasn't planning to do that, but I got so much information out of it, like 10 turned into 20 and then 20 <laughs> turned into 40. Like I actually did more than 59. I just stopped the data at 59. I did 70 conversations. Right. And, and did you find I, a common point of view in that, or did you find different – Oh, yeah. Um, I found okay. it from a common point of view. I mean, I'm a speaker, so I wanted to know it for me. My clients right. are speaking stages um, because we're going to get into the next one, which is about authority. But, but from a deepness standpoint, I literally don't know of anyone who found out what I what, – and, and has really backed this up with conversations. Like I spent 30 minutes with each of these companies or these conference planners and put the data around it, like what's important. Like – I was in the when in the middle of doing this. I'm staring at my book over here, The Trap of Success. My wife's like, based on what you're telling me, are you worried about putting your book out? Because I put my book book published four weeks ago, and literally it was in the bottom three of ten of things that are important to put someone on stage. Uh huh. Interesting. Now my wife goes, I'm just curious. Like, are you concerned about this? I'm like, no. I mean, I'm. Dang, the book's already written. I just, I'm in the editing phase. I'm just I'm going to get this thing out. Like, you're not right. stopping me. Um, but they told me it was important. But you know what was most important? What was most important? <laughs> um, them seeing you on stage. Interesting. Yeah. In order for them to give you a shot, there's nothing that compares to them seeing you live and in person. 
I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, they need to see you. And if they can't see you in person, at least by video, right? I mean, I, I, I see so many websites and, and marketing campaigns that are so text-oriented. We want to see you. We want to know whether you're credible. We want to know what you're all about. But you're absolutely right. The more they see you, the more they get to, to relate to you. The biggest thing that came out of this, Linda, was they really do not like pitch emails. Pitch emails are typically the one-size-fits-all blast email that goes out, hey, I speak about this. Yep. This is why it's important. This is other places I speak about. This is why I'm awesome. This is why I'm awesome, number, number two. And number three, I call it the I'm awesome email. Right. And they don't like that. Like it literally is not personalized. It has no useful benefit to them. And it, it's meant to make you stand out, but it actually makes you blend in because that's where most of their emails come from. And if you think about it, do you like those pitch emails? I don't. So I think it's I, true of all of us. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what tuned me in because I get so many because of the podcast. Right. Now, we're, we're on this element of deep, and I, and I know we're kind of going deep into this, and, and I smile about this. The idea behind deep is if you are inside an industry and you can create something that is ungoogleable. Yep. That goes beyond the traditional, that goes beyond that surface level, that goes beyond the – the what everyone else is talking about and come up with some real insight and wisdom and you're the one sharing them with that, people yep. look at you differently. Absolutely. This, one, this past year has been a foundational element to me having conversation. I, out of those, those conversations with meeting planners, like 70 of them, as I said, mm-hmm. I spoke on six of the stages and I had six clients also speak. So over 12 events were booked out of those conversations. Wow. And still still counting because some of them are still still kind of in play. Right. Um, and if you send out the I'm awesome email in air quotes and, and, and big smiles, you can't – it does work, but it's about a 1% response rate. And that's not 1% to actually get booked. That's 1% of someone going, I'm interested. Right, and then from there it goes down. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. about what a typical email, you know, the mail response would be, 1%. Yeah. yeah. So going deep gives you an element that makes you the choice. You're talking about something new and powerful, and hopefully you're challenging yourself, and hopefully I'm challenging you, what is that deep stuff to you? Uh, right. My most recent report right now is hyper growth. I interviewed, and think about this, 51 CEOs from hyper-growth companies, the Inc. 5000. I, I interviewed them over the last six weeks. Um, that's pretty amazing to understand what are the core principles of hyper-growth, right? Right, absolutely, yeah. Because I made those interviews, I booked the biggest stage of my life recently. And Excellent. All because the, starting with the depths of that. Cool. So we have audience, we have story, we have helpful, we have deep. What's number five? Authority. Authority, okay. Uh, you, you talked about we're all shouting. Yep. When, when you are in a market and you are in authority, you don't have to shout. People will lean in and listen to you even if you whisper. Right. They will seek out your emails and go, I didn't get it this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Uh, where's that video? What, what you know? I've got to see this. I cannot miss. I'm coming to this event to see this one speaker. Like those are the kind of authorities that we're looking to be so that people can look to us and go, they've got something to say, and it's worth 
making time to listen to it. Yes. Um, Excellent. And so an authority, you know, you're doing it with your podcast and, and marketing. I'm doing it with my podcast. I'm writing books. Uh, but I've also been talking about speaking. I, I think speaking is one of the best ways to actually be an authority. And, and here's the thing about speaking. I'm, I'm an old school person. I mean, I just turned 47 a couple of days ago. And I don't feel old, but I do look back and go, I'd rather be face-to-face with my clients than try mm-hmm. to do the noise of social media and email. Well, if you think about it, too, I mean, a lot of what we do in social media is arrange for people to get together face-to-face. I mean, that's the whole idea of a meetup, right? You you get online yeah. and you find people with a similar interest, whether it's, a, you know, cooking or music or business or speaking a language, and then what do they do? They get together in person. So what social media does is, is kind of open the door for that introduction, but if you're just going to conduct a relationship in the virtual world, you're missing out on a lot. So I, I think you're absolutely right. The the thing about being an authority is it really does look at people look at you differently. Yep. I've sat many audiences and I've had the pleasure to be on the stage. I, I'm kind of spoiled. Like I don't necessarily want to sit in the audience anymore. I want to be a part <laughs> of the experience. I want to be in the green room. Um, do you know who Brene Brown is? Yes, absolutely. So I mentioned I, that I got the biggest. Uh, opportunity to speak in the, uh, that I've ever had so far. So I'm yep. keynoting an event with Brene Brown um, in February of 18. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, there's some other big-name people going to be there. But uh, I got all that because I am an authority. I went deep with my research of hypergrowth. I reached out to people through, you know, through my, I write for entrepreneurs, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm I am the media there. So there's a little distinction between um, being featured in media and being the media. I get to yep. control that that narrative. Um, yep. I've, been, I've used uh, my 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 depth around uh, writing and the podcast to build relationships. Yep. So that led to being invited to come to this opportunity. They liked the depth of what I was doing that was ungoogleable, right? And right. like, this is so new and fresh and, and sharp. We want to put you on the main stage. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. So being an authority does make you the choice. Great. And what's number One, six? Tell us what number, number six, six is. I don't know how much time we have left. I get excited about this. But um, it's about unique. Yep. When we are in um, – our markets, if we can't really attach to and talk about what's unique about our brand and our business, then it will be really hard for those prospects to see it. Absolutely. And one thing that I've kind of noticed is unique is better than best. There's a lot of companies out there that will say they have better customer service. Well, right. better by what? Um, and best, like who's, who's, who gave you the trophy and whatnot? And, and we emotionally kind of detract from that. Right. But if you come back and say, well, the reason we're so uh, powerful in this aspect is because of this unique piece. Let me give you an example because it just really helps with this one example. You ready? Yep. Um, you probably have headphones. I don't know if you have high-end headphones for your for listening oh, yeah. to music or whatnot. Um, if you listen on um, airplanes, you probably have uh, 
what kind of headphones do you have? Oh, noise canceling. Yep. And Bose. what was the brand up with that? Bose. Bose. So the the market was mature. Bose had mm-hmm. been around for years, but they realized there was an element of the market that was not really captivated on, which was noise canceling, which right. was the business trap wanted to drown out everything around them, especially the the whine of a of the aircraft engine. And so that's great. Another example to that would be a brand comes on the market that says, we don't want to cancel the music. We want people to feel the music. Ah. Can you think of that brand? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it's okay. Um, I've been doing this a long time. Beats. Beat. Okay, yeah. Beats is, is, uh, is the millennial kind of, of headphones, but it's not about canceling. It's about feeling it inside your soul. Yep. And so they market their, their uniqueness to separate markets. They tell stories around it. They, they actually have helpful content that helps you do this stuff because that's, that's part of the nature of their marketing. But they are very powerful because they're really zoned into that uniqueness. And I think a lot of businesses could do a much better job to understand their uniqueness and express that through their marketing, and that makes them the choice, not just a choice. Got it. Great. And this is fantastic. If you had to give us kind of maybe one final thing about uh, mistakes that, that people might make when they're trying to be the choice, what could you av- tell us about what we should avoid? Um, you know, it's hard to, to, to pick one because there are a lot of mistakes. I will tell you a lot of people think in authority that or just being the choice that if they're good enough, that they will be recognized and they will finally be um, kind of accepted into the community, whatever that, whatever industry you're in. But here's the thing, I, and I really do believe this with, with, with all my heart and all my soul, that if you want something, if you are really good at it, you owe it to yourself to be proactive and put yourself out there and, and, and really feel the worthiness of who you are and what you value you bring to the marketplace. And not wait to be discovered. The waiting to be discovered is um, is really just a, a a way to cause more frustration and stress because it's not happening for you. Go out there and figure out how to create it. And if that's step by step, that's great. Um, I usually tell everyone you don't have to have all six of these at one time. Take the one you're best at and get even better. Be world class at that one, and then add on the others as you need to. That makes sense. It's kind of like if you the, this theory of if you build it, they will come. And you can build it, but if you don't tell anybody, nobody's going to come. So what you need to do is get out there and really tell people why you are the choice uh, with audience story, be helpful, go deep, have the authority, and be unique. So that's great. Thank you, Gene. If people wanted to uh, find out more about you, where would they go? So I got two properties online, which is you know a little bit uh, uh, confusing for some people. I speak and I consult under my name, genehammett.com, and that's where I've got some free tools. If anyone's interested in hypergrowth, there's a free report on there. Um, And then at Leaders in the Trenches is my podcast, um, leadersinthetrenches.com. We interview, I think we're up to 288 interviews over the last three and a half years, uh, interviewing some really amazing people around um, just be the choice and and, and really navigating hypergrowth in their business. That sounds fantastic. 
So GeneHammett.com and LeadersInTheTrenches.com. We've been talking to Gene Hammett. He talks about how you can become the choice, and he's the author of The Trap of Success, a brutally candid guide to overcoming your fears, finding significance, and achieving profound success, which could be the topic of a whole other podcast. But thank you, Gene. It's been a pleasure having you here. Absolutely. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.